Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Live from Sherm Talent, a show dedicated to the story that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. We're pulling back the curtain and asking the hard questions. It's what we do. It's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have David on from Whisper, and we'll be talking about the use case or the business case for why prospects and customers use Whisper. So David, without any further ado, would you please introduce both yourself and Whisper? Yeah, so hey, hello everyone. Yeah, I'm uh, David um, Gilbert. I head up Whisper here in North America, um, an avid soccer fan, as we've just been discussing. Um, based out of Boulder, Colorado, is our North America headquarters. Whisper is a 20-year-old company, actually, but um, originally out of Melbourne, Australia. And then we've been uh, in North America market about two years, um, growing like crazy, having a lot of fun along the way with it. Um, Whisper itself is um, a multi-channel communication platform. Uh, so we offer the ability to be able to send messages through WhatsApp, SMS, email, voice, social. So basically every channel, the ability to curate a message in one place and send it across multiple channels. Uh, we like to also say that, um, you know, we are, we are for people who are not developers. Uh, we are the exact opposite. So we are a no code platform, drag and drop, um, and anybody can use it. So we pride ourselves in getting our clients up and running within 24 hours and getting them sending out messages without the need for any kind of design or technical assistance. I love that. I love that on so many levels. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is with, with multi-channel, can you do uh, like in marketing uh, automation, they do kind of uh, drip campaigns mm-hmm. and things like that. Can you do those types of campaigns? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, the key for us, so workflows are really mm-hmm. the key. So when we, we talk to clients, usually the, the discussion starts with, okay, just tell me what methods of communication you can deploy. And then we start to get into discussions about, okay, hold on a second. How can we actually automate a manual task? So for ex- there's a lots of examples whereby, um, you know, we've worked with local governments, for example, to automate um, uh, instances of, of, of occurrences in the, in the community. So let's say there's graffiti or whatever. So they're able to get an SMS on their phone, go to a, what we call a rich message, which basically looks like a web form on your phone. Be able to fill that in. That will trigger an event in the local government, maybe it will be sent to a person that needs to go fix it. And then that will continue to trigger workflows around, okay, you now need to respond that you have fixed it, respond back to the, to the citizen that that's done. So a number of, it can be as simple, as complex as you want in terms of those triggers and those workflows from marketing perspective, you can schedule, um, uh, you know, messages at certain times of the day. So if you want, we can also throttle messages. So for large use cases where we have clients that are sending out, hundreds of thousands of SMS a day, we can throttle that and make sure it's also within business hours. So nobody, nobody wants to get, you know, uh, a message that is at 9 p.m. at night. You won't, right. you won't react well to that, right? Right. Um, so we also manage that also. So yeah, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of different things. So the, the use case for recruiters, yep. talent acquisition folks, let's go mm-hmm. a little deeper into mm-hmm. that. What, yep. how do we work with, uh, with the, the, the recruiters? Yeah, so there's a, a good, one of the, use cases that I like to, to talk about. And I unfortunately can't mention their name, um, but a large materials manufacturer in the U.S., let's put it that way, um, they were having trouble attracting talent um, and, and also kind of retaining talent. And what they found was people were actually posting about their recruiting experience online. So now it becomes this thing, 
right? Where people are actually, the shop window for a company is their recruitment process because the first time you touch a company is around that process, right? And so your, your initial impressions are really important. They're formed at that point. And the problem for this company was they were trying to attack, in this stage, actually technical talent. Um, and they're obviously an old school kind of company, which struggles with that anyway. And then their recruiting uh, uh, motion actually resembled them as an old school uh, company that you wouldn't really want to join if you had any real talent, right? And so um, that was the biggest challenge for them was how do we, you know, how do we react quickly to our, to our talent's response to, you know, when they're applying for a job, when there's an interview being scheduled? Because what would happen is they would apply for a job, they wouldn't hear anything for four days. And somebody would, would turn up and say something. And then they would apply for an interview and they wouldn't hear anything for three days. And then they'd have the interview and they wouldn't hear anything for four days. So people expect instantaneous feedback, and, and which is okay. I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? And so what we did, we talked to them about, okay, hold on a minute. What if we were to able to automate all of this through, you know, SMS texting, email, as well as WhatsApp. So various channels that we can communicate with the individual. So as soon as they fill out the form that says they're interested, they immediately get a response that says, hey, great, you're interested, wonderful, we'd love to have you. Here's a link, go select a time to come in for an interview because you do pre-screening on that form as well. And then, you know, here, by the way, you've scheduled the interview, here's the location, right? Here's the time, here's the date, here's the map. All Again, all done through mobile right. if wanted. And then again, once you have the interview immediately, thanks for the interview, here's the feedback. So the, it gives you the impression as a candidate, oh, this company's serious. Right. This company is interested in me. They're serious about me, you know, and, and, and maybe I'll get it. And, and even if they don't get the job, if they post about their experience, which they're likely to do, especially in the younger generation, then at least it's a positive experience. They can say, well, I never got hired by this company, but the experience itself was a positive one. I love it. Where does multi-channel communications, where does it fit in kind of your typical client's uh, process or workflow? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, we, we certainly don't live in isolation like any technology, right? I mean, there's a myriad of, of, of other technologies floating around us. The single most important thing for us is we are fundamentally a messaging platform. We cannot send a message without contact. We don't, you know, we don't store, we're not... If you're a small company, you can store your contact database with us. I wouldn't right. recommend it, but you can do it, right? So most organizations have got large CRMs sitting behind them, right? So they've got Salesforce or they've got uh, an HR system or they've got Zoho or whatever it might be. And so it's critical for us then to say, okay, we can link back into that and you can upload, you know, we have a uh, simultaneous, simultaneous connection with those contacts so you can keep it in one place. So typically the workflow you know, starts there and says, okay, now we have those, those contacts. And then what is pretty cool about the platform is you can then, we call it dynamic distribution. Think about that as we segment individuals based upon as many criteria as you want. So brown eyes, blue eyes, wears glasses, doesn't wear glasses, pink shirt, white shirt, whatever it might be. You can segment any way you want, and then you can send a message only to that distribution list based upon how you've defined it. So typically, you know, that's how it would work. Then we talk about how do you want to define that distribution list? Because what's important is, as well is the message you're sending has to be relevant to that constituent environment. Because the problem with if people don't engage in a message because they don't think it's relevant to them, right? 
And so the more targeted you can become, the better. So this works on a one-on-one level. We talked about recruiting if there's an individual. It also works on a one-to-many level. As long as you've defined that criteria. So you've got candidates for the specific engineering job. So that message should be sent to the engineering candidates. Then you have a pool of candidates for, um, you know, truck driving. Well, that message should be sent just to the truck driving applicants. So so you, you mentioned, without mentioning a word, is there's an etiquette. Uh, to messaging, right? So how do you train or how do you kind of get the message over to your to your clients about kind of here's how this works, here's how this should work? Mm. So the, the, the North Star for us has been and always will be engagement mm. because ultimately if you're sending a message, you want it to be consumed by the recipient. I mean, it sounds pretty obvious, right? right? But it's... It's difficult because we're inundated with social media messages. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, right? What, what we how many? It's the last time you checked your Gmail or your Hotmail. I'm aging myself now. I say Hotmail, right? um, but um, you know, it, it, you it, didn't say AOL. AOL. I could have said AOL, right? Yeah, with yeah. the discs. Remember the discs? Wow. You have bail. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got five thousand minutes free. Ten thousand minutes free. A million minutes free. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But I think, so engagement is, is ultimately the aim, right? And so how do you get engagement? How do you get people to participate in the message? You, you have people in the community that almost, that there are certain people that will, uh, you know, um, shy away from the responsibility in an organization for engagement with messages. Right. Now, now I, don't, I don't buy that, right? You as a leader in the organization should embrace that. If your messages are not being engaged or consumed, you need to do something about that. So sometimes it can be quite a difficult discussion with organizations to talk about, A, it needs to be personalized. So it's very important that your name is there. So we have abilities. There's all sorts of things where we can say, hey, David, that's the first thing. You want to be spoken to with your name, right? I mean, there's multiple studies going back. Right. in the day that that helps right yep. the second thing you want to know who this is coming from so identify yourself so if it's your company or whatever it is just obvious things by identify who you are and then the third thing is make sure that again we talked a little bit earlier the message you're sending is relevant to that cohort don't send a generic message out to everybody we talk to the we talk about organizations particularly with covid around how can i as an hr leader how can I engage my organization? And the point is, well, don't send mass messages, first of all. So I'm interested in the social clubs and I'm interested in, I, I'm in product development, so I'm interested in product updates. So those are the two things I want to hear about. You're interested in, you know, the, the, the IPO release information because you're in finance and you're interested in the latest, the last quarter's results. And, and so, okay, so don't just send generic messages out you know, make sure that it's, it's focused on that group and it's relevant. So those are the conversations we have. And then we, and then we talk about, again, the simplicity to you, the immediacy is really important as well, right? So how quickly can you get a message out? What you don't want is to say, okay, I've got to now talk to the comms director. Mm-hmm. And I've also got to talk to the tech guy because I don't know how to send this message out. Right. And what happens if I screw it up? Because if I send it to everybody, I didn't mean to, I've got to get the tech guy in to double check. No, you just lost all the momentum because people want to have relevance and immediacy to that message. So that's the other thing. And then the last thing is channels. Again, you have to, nobody relies on one channel. Right. So are you going to post something to your website? Well, good luck. You're going to send it by email? Well, good luck. 
And so this multi-channel approach is critical where you can be efficient and curate it in one way, but it can be sent across multiple channels. And it has your look and feel. It's your branding. It's your colors. It's your tone. You drag and drop, you know, um, graphics in there. Look the, the way you want it to look. And it's consistent across all those channels. So if someone clicks on the email, they experience the same thing than if they click on that SMS. It's the same view. Can the user select the way they want the medium to come? Correct. Absolutely. The user can select every medium, one medium, two mediums. It doesn't, Perfect. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, if, if all they want to do is send email, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no problem. And some messages may be more conducive right. to email. The immediacy element may be SMS. I mean, right. we do a lot of emergency communication. And if you think about, like, you just have to think about yourself, right? How often do you check an email versus your SMS? Right. Now, SMS, you be very careful because SMS is intrusive. There's lots of regulations and guidelines sure. around it. So, you know, again, we, we white glove our clients through that to make sure that they are adhering to that stuff so you don't get messages blocked because right. that's very important. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's, clients can decide how they want to send. As you, as you mentioned engagement, I want to make sure the audience understands that this isn't just one direction. This is bi-directional. That's an, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a point I didn't bring. But yeah, the two-way communication is key. Right. So this can be a multi-stage kind of approach. So for example, um, there could be an organization that requires, sends out information about events. Um, they're looking at RSVPs, they RSVP, then they're looking at, do you have dietary requirements? And so there's an, there's an, an engagement with the message that comes back. And then that can also trigger a third message to go back out. And it can be a, an automated back and forth. Right based upon the message that gets sent backwards. As Is well. that a, a mixture of AI and ML? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, the AI practice within the organization is growing right. um, considerably. Um, but I would say that at this point, um, you know, a lot of it is ML typically. Right. We're not, at the, I'll be honest, I mean, we're not quite. Ideally, the, the ultimate aim is, is to, so our ultimate vision is to be able to tell you Right. That based on your message, I can predict right. the level of engagement, right. right? And then I'm going to say to you, hey, tweak this a little bit, and your engagement will go from 67% to 82%, yeah. and now you can send the message. And once you're sitting yeah. on all that data, you'll be able to tell them, here's when, here's how, here's and why, channel. all of those things. All that stuff. So it'll be love it. the message content, the medium, the timing, all those things will be able to tell you, okay, here's how you increase your odds before you send the message. Which again, you nailed it with engagement. It's it's all it's creating the message, being able to get it, but you want people to consume the message. So yeah. a lot of people think that their job is done at the send. No, no, that's just starting. Right. Actually, uh, let's pivot and talk a little bit more about Whisper in the sense of when when you show Whisper to someone for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's is a product person? Yeah. What's your favorite part? Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite part is is typically the way that we can manipulate, manipulate, we, we, we can kind of um, uh, segment contacts, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the, the ingestion of the contacts is kind of straightforward. Even, even the channels are kind of straightforward. But my two favorites are when we show clients, hey, you have different workspaces, which we talk about as like digital filing cabinets. So we think of them as digital. So we have unlimited workspaces in the platform. So you could have a workspace for HR, for finance, for different departments. You could have a workspace for different products if you're a marketing company, whatever. So that's one area. And the other is the ability to be able to uh, tag 
um, uh, contacts in any way you want. It's completely flexible. So we've got a number of contacts, but you can add as many as you want to that. And then the second part I think that's really exciting is the the actual creation of the message. So the drag and drop functionality is really fun, right? So you get clients that will pull over um, a, a sliding bar chart, for example, that just says, hey, you know, we get a lot of discussions about mental health and wanting to check in with individuals on are you feeling one to ten and, you know, things like that. You can drag and drop in map coordinates uh, where you can pinpoint certain things. So that's kind of fun as well because you're just, you know, in, and also the graphic element of it where they can put their own, um, you know, banners on there and all that kind of stuff. I would say that those two things are probably the most fun because then you, clients really then start to feel the power of it. They can really start to, f- it becomes more concrete for them in those two areas. I love the no code. I love drag and drop. I know folks listening to the podcast will wonder about their data. Mm, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, They're absolutely. sitting on their data. They're worried about their data. It's dirty. It's 100%. not good. It's not 100%, this, that, and the other. How do you all interact with them? Yeah, so, I mean, there's two things about data, right? One is security. Security is on top of everybody's minds. I mean, we we work a lot with local governments, like I said, emergency communications. So, um, you know, we are um, fully on Amazon. We have, I'm not a security expert, but we have a lot of what seems to be really interesting certificates and everything else. So they're all... (laughs) There's a bunch of numbers. Yeah, there's a bunch of numbers and ISO things and everything else. So, you know, that's all taken care of. And of course, we don't sell, we we are not in the business of selling your data. We're not in the business of of any, I mean, your data is your data. Your workspace is your workspace. It's it's completely, you know, 100% yours. Um, So I'd say on that side. In terms of data hygiene, is really important, yeah. right? And data cleanliness. So we do a few things. One is um, we have automated deduplication inside the platform, which is really important when you're dealing with large numbers of contacts, right? So it's very important, that, especially in the marketing use case. Right. Usually in businesses, it's not a big deal, but in marketing use cases, it's, it's critical because right. sometimes they get leads from various different areas, right? The other is automated opt-outs, which is really, really, really important, even for internal communication. So you yeah. have to give the individual, the ability to be able to opt out of that message. And the key thing is if I've opted out of a message, I better not get it again. That's right. That would be really upset. Some of the elements of canned spam that that kind of come over to this is that, you know, again, you you give the the person the ability. Um, And I would assume that you help folks structure their data. If it isn't already structured in a certain way, you help them structure with the data hygiene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's about making sure that once those messages are sent, you can talk about uh, undeliverables and all sorts of things. So there's reporting where you're looking at, okay, again, we all focus on engagement, right? So first of all, but you have to start with, did the message actually get delivered, right? You got to start there. So that'll be a lot about, um, do you have updated information? And you can see very specifically which messages and why aren't delivered. So it could be either you're trying to send an SMS to a landline it could be that the email's invalid. I mean, there's a million different things. So we also help out with making sure that contact information is is updated and clean. And you're not spending money continuing to send messages to right. dead outlets. Right. right. So I love that. I love that. So as a as a as a product person, what have you seen where people have used you know, whisper in a way that you just love. Maybe you didn't even think that that it was going to be used this way, yeah. unintended, you know, yeah. you know, unintended way or whatever, but just no brands, no names, none of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, just yeah. just ways that you've seen people use the product. You're like, ah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's, there's really, um, 
So I'll give you two 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 examples, right? One a more sophisticated, and one a sim. I, I kind of like simplicity as well, right? Um, from a more sophisticated perspective, I think a really cool um, use case is if you go back to emergency comms, the ability to be able to actually pinpoint um, people in an affected area using polygons inside a mapping um, functionality. So it's kind of cool that you can actually pinpoint streets and addresses. You can draw a picture, a polygon around that, and make sure that you can target a message to the individuals that are within that environment, right? Oh, that's and, cool. And like that's, geopositioning. Yeah, geopositioning. Now, it doesn't, to be clear for you out there, I don't want to, it doesn't track your cell phone. Right, 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 right. right, right. Only FEMA can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's okay. That's, yeah. that's left to them. But what it can do is if you've identified yourself, for example, uh, it's very helpful for business continuity. I could identify myself um, in an office in Boulder, someone else can identify an office in Denver in a particular location, and I can make sure I send, I can draw a picture around that and say, oh, I need to get messages out to those individuals that are located there to tell them that there's an incident and they need to right. do something, right? Especially in an emergency situation, a tornado, earthquake, this, that, and the other, I mean, you need to be able to get... The recent fires here as right. well is a good example of, of you know being able to get those messages to those individuals as yep. quick as possible. Um, so that's kind of cool. Now, from a simplicity perspective, I really like something we did recently with a with a small local government where, uh, you know, they had or they have a form on their website where citizens can go and talk about um, a very, what we call three one one incidents, right? So incidents that don't that you can't call nine one one about, right. but but they are, you know, they could be potholes, it could be graffiti, they yeah. could be whatever nuisances, basically yeah. My noise, yeah. noise ordinances, things like that. Right? And so what would happen is. People can go on the website. They, so the, the workflow was a uh, citizen would go on the website, they fill this thing out. person would come in on a Monday morning, they print all this stuff out, right? And then they'd have to figure out, okay, who's it going to go to? Because there's a different person for graffiti, there's another person for noise and, and, and this, and then they handed the paper over and then they didn't know where the paper went. They didn't know, is the person finished that job or are they still doing it? And, and the citizen themselves, even worse, the citizen themselves got no feedback, right? It's gone. And so we basically came in and automated that entire thing through the Whisper platform, which is actually pretty cool because it's not really something when you look at a communications platform, but now you're really talking about workflow automation. You're not even talking about communication. So the way we did that is we said, okay, people can still fill out the web form on the website, but they can also text in if they want and we can text it to them or they can QR code it. They can do it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we can then absorb that, pass it in, get the information of those fields in the platform, and we can automatically send it to the owner of that particular task. They can acknowledge ownership, so that's a trigger, yep. and then they can tell you when they finished, and then once they hit finish, we can trigger another back to the citizen, say, hey, buddy, you know, that thing you, you know, that thing you said, it's completed now. So all of that becomes an automated process, and so this feedback loop that occurs it's pretty cool oh, and the, really simple. The analytics behind that have to be just fantastic to be able to look at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating to see just, you know, the, the and, and, you know, the feedback we're getting from the client is, you know, the, the response from the community is but just like... You actually care. Wow, you actually, right, you actually <laughs> list, this is amazing. You're actually listening to me because, you know, citizens have an expectation of a consumer-like experience, but they're not getting it. Turns it's out, not, that, and they're paying taxes. So fair, it's fair not enough. that hard. We're not right. talking about implementing. You know, they, these things can be done. I, I love the simplicity. I love hacking around stuff. I love just getting it done. You know, we don't talk about nine month time frames and million dollar budgets. I mean, this is not. You know, this can be done. I love it. 
Love it. David, thank you so much for carving out time for us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.